Hello, and welcome to the Bite Size Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Shiroki, and today we are going to begin our look at the book of Ephesians. This is um, kind of following after we already just went through the book of Galatians, which I really enjoyed. So I think, you know, kind of sticking to my plan, I want to just keep rolling through here in the New Testament. I want to look at Ephesians next, and then we'll go from there. But um, this episode in particular, we're just going to do an introduction. It's going to be pretty brief, but... I was just reading some of Ephesians, just, you know, getting my own study and background, you know, look at it done, and it's it's a great book. It, there's so much to it that I just felt like I wanted to, again, just record this introduction, just give uh, just the background of um, just the uh, origins of Ephesians. Um, it, it's pretty cool. As I really get older, study the Bible, and start to understand just the whole context and what the Bible actually is, just the amazing way that you can look at the sequence of how the church was birthed is really an incredible thing. It's, um, you know, it, it's Ephesians especially focuses on that, which we're going to look at um, shortly. But again, just seeing how, um, you know, Jesus came. He dwelt on the earth, he taught us many things, and then he died and rose, and then that was really the beginning of the church of Christ. And when he ascended, he promised to send us a helper, that being his Holy Spirit, which he did send, and the Holy Spirit is now here dwelling within believers, and Christ is working through us. He is working through us, the Holy Spirit, that is. And um, he, again, uses us to perform his work here on earth and to spread his gospel, which is an absolutely amazing idea and an amazing reality. You know, we live in some very dark times right now. And, um, you know, I feel like, Look, when, when you have a, the contrast of the world compared to the kingdom of God, it's always going to seem dark. That being said, and I, I don't want to say, you know, it, it is what it is in a certain respect. But at the same time, we have a lot of different events going on right now in this particular time in the world and on this earth that are pretty unprecedented and they're... Um, there are definitely some warning signs that Jesus could return sooner rather than later. I'll just say that, you know, we're never taught to predict a time or a day. And frankly, it's pretty fruitless to try to do that because even Jesus himself said, no one knows, not even him, but only the father in heaven. So what we should be focused on is serving the Lord. And, uh, until we go to be with him, however that may be. And, um, whether it's through the rapture or whether it's through, um, you know, just our own natural death and uh, moving on to the afterlife and entering that amazing kingdom of God. You know, speaking of the rapture this weekend, um, my beautiful uh, bride-to-be and I went to go see um, a, a, the new 
Left Behind movie that just came out. Um, it, it had a very limited run. I believe it was only playing this weekend. Coincidentally, we just happened to have some time. Had a theater near us that it was playing at, so I just decided to go check it out. And um, and we enjoyed it. Um, it's really incredible the way you can have that type of movie still even be played in a public theater like that. Um, you know, it has a good message. It's speaking of the rapture left behind obviously it's about people who are left behind after the rapture and how different events unfold you know these are um it is loosely based on biblical events and and scripture and revelation um you know we don't know for sure what's going to happen frankly until it happens but at the same time it's a pretty cool thing to always I always enjoy seeing the word right there in front of me. Um, similar to The Chosen is another series I like to watch. There's, you know, different movies that have come out. Um, the Passion of the Christ being another one that I just enjoy to see the Bible kind of come alive on the, on the screen. You know, there's so much garbage out there that it's nice to just see something that can be, you know, potentially edifying or at least you know, get the message out and sound the alarm to people that believe it or not, may not even know that Jesus is going to return. Um, you know, again, going back to the world that we live in today, there's a lot of, um, a lot of doubt, a lot of anxiety in the world, a lot of fear, a lot of pressure, frankly, a lot of, um, uh, just in, injustice, I'll say, in the world, and a lot of uh, well, the, the darkness continues to grow. But as it continues to grow, so does the light shines brighter. In contrast to that darkness, and it always will, and 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 God will, thank God, He will, He will be the one who has the final say in all world events, and that's a very comforting reality that we all can take comfort in and know that you know that that again that imminent return is imminent and I do believe that you know there are certain um, signs if you will you know Israel for example the Jews being back in their land huge huge sign right there huge indicator that the Lord um, the Lord could be on his way back but you know, world events have to play out, and the divine timeline of God is something that, look, we can't we can't even figure out what He's going to do tomorrow or in five minutes in our life. So, <laughs> trying to figure all that out again is way above our heads. But again, just staying focused on Him, His Word, surrendering and yielding fully to the Holy Spirit and His influence in our life. Trust me, you'll. He'll give us plenty to do between now and anything we have to worry about in the future. So, speaking of that, like I said, this episode is going to be relatively brief. I'm not going to go into great detail or commentary. We're just going to look at the um, introduction section here to Ephesians in my Spirit-Filled Life New King James Version Bible. And then just take a look at the first couple of verses of Ephesians chapter 1. So without any further ado, let's begin our look at the book of Ephesians.
Okay, and like I said, this is just the introduction to Ephesians in my Spirit-Filled Life New King James Version Bible. So, without any further ado, let's begin our look at Ephesians, the epistle of Paul, the apostle of the Ephesians. The author, obviously, is Paul. Supposedly, it's written sometime between, uh, right around 60 and 61 AD. The theme is the glorious church. And key words are glory, body, and heavenly places. Section 1, background. Ephesus was a principal port on the west coast of Asia Minor, situated near present-day Izmir. It was one of seven churches to whom Jesus addressed his letters in Revelation 2 and 3, a relevant fact for studying this epistle since it was originally circulated to approximately the same group of churches. Although Paul has been to Ephesus earlier, see Acts 18.21, he first came there to minister in the winter of 55 AD. He ministered there for over two full years, developing so deep a relationship with the Ephesians that his farewell message to them is one of the Bible's most moving passages. See Acts chapter 20, verses 17 through 38. Next section, occasion and date. While imprisoned in Rome, Paul wrote Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Confined and awaiting trial, the apostle writes this encyclical letter, one to be read by several congregations. Ephesians is probably the same letter referred to in Colossians chapter 4 verse 16 as being presently at Laodicea while being circulated. It appears that after writing Colossians, Paul was deeply stirred by an expanding revelation about the church. Now, seeing the church as Christ's body and as God's instrument to confound and overthrow evil powers, he writes an elaboration of these themes. Next section, Purpose. Ephesians unveils the mystery of the church as no other epistle. God's secret intention is revealed. One, to form a body to express Christ's fullness on earth. Two, to do this by uniting one people, both Jew and Gentile, among whom God himself dwells. And three, to equip, empower, and mature this people to the end that they extend Christ's victory over evil. Next section, content. The throbbing message of Ephesians is to the praise of his, that being God's, glory. The word glory occurs eight times and refers to the exceeding excellence of God's love, his wisdom, and his power. The magnificent goal is in Jesus' announced commitment to build a glorious, mature, and ministering church not having spot or wrinkle. Ephesians unfolds the process by which God is bringing the church to its destined purpose in Christ. 
basic maturing steps are taken toward the church's appointed engagement in battle with dark powers. 1. Before the church is called to war, she is taught to walk. And 2. Before being called to walk, the church is taught where she stands. The epistle divides into two sections. 1. The believer's position, chapters 1 through 3, and 2. The believer's practice, chapters 4 to 6. In chapter 1, the recurrent term, in Christ, sums up the Christian's position as having been given every spiritual blessing. Several of these blessings are enumerated, chosen, blameless, adopted, accepted, forgiven, predestined, and sealed. With sweeping strokes, this foundational series of statements moves to a bold, new assertion, declaring in Paul's first of two prayers in this letter. He prays that each Christian may perceive God's grand purpose in raising Christ to triumph, that now the church may know Christ's victorious fullness as we resist evil and face life's trials. Chapter 2 describes how God's grace has formed a united people among whom he can dwell in his fullness and glory. Through his people, excuse me, through this people, his high purpose is to be unveiled. Grasping the message of Ephesians requires understanding two words from chapter 3, dispensation and mystery. The apostle declared that God's secret in planning the church is hidden no longer. See chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. Now the mystery is known. He has designed the church to administer, that is to dispense, Christ's fullness everywhere. Ministering as a living body, spreading over the earth and penetrating the heavenlies. God's manifold wisdom now demonstrates his glory in the church, a manifestation that eventually will issue in the believer's strengthening, maturing, confrontation, and victory. However, the church cannot approach this without a practical understanding of how this present glory of God's grace and presence is to affect everyday living. The great call to walk worthy of the calling introduces this letter's second section. Systematically, Paul presents the ethical and moral implications of spirit-filled living. The maturing process of the believer's equipping and the appeal to help each other forward will bring growth in the disciplines essential to the triumphant spiritual warrior's life. Next section, personal application. In short, Ephesians discloses awesome blessings of grace accepted in the beloved and awesome dimensions of spiritual authority over evil according to the power that works in us. But, this awaits the believers first accepting the disciplines of unity, purity, forgiveness, and walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. 
With this, relationships at every point must be in order. The idea being firmly established that true spiritual power flows from true obedience to the divine order in relationships and personal conduct. Next section, Christ Revealed. Ephesians has been called the Alps of the New Testament, the Grand Canyon of Scripture, and the Royal Capstone of the the Epistles, not only because of its grand theme, but because of the majesty of Christ revealed here. In chapter 1, he is the Redeemer, the one in whom and by whom history will ultimately be consummated. And he is the resurrected Lord, who not only has risen over death and hell, but who reigns as king, pouring his life through his body, the church, the present expression of himself on earth. Chapter 2. He is the peacemaker who has reconciled man to God and who makes possible reconciliation of man to man as well. And he is the chief cornerstone of the new temple consisting of his own people to be indwelt by God himself. Chapter 3. He is the treasure in whom life's unsearchable riches are found, and he is the indweller of human hearts, securing us in the love of God. Chapter 4. Jesus is the giver of ministry gifts to his church, and he is the victor who has broken hell's ability to keep mankind captive. Chapter 5. He is the model husband, unselfishly giving himself to enhance his bride, the church. And chapter 6, he is the Lord, mighty in battle, the resource of strength for his own as the arm for sp spiritual warfare. Amen and hallelujah. And then finishing up this last section of this introduction, the Holy Spirit at work. As with Christ, the Holy Spirit is revealed in widely varied ministry to and through the believer. In chapter 1, verse 13, he is the sealer, authorizing the believer to represent Christ. In chapter 1, verse 17, and chapter 3, verse 5, he is the revealer, enlightening the heart to perceive God's purpose. In chapter 3, verse 16, he is the empowerer who Christ gives to strengthen within. In chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, he is the spirit of unity desiring to sustain the bond of peace in the body of Christ. In chapter 4, verse 30, he is the spirit of holiness who may be grieved by insistence on carnal pursuits. In chapter 5, verse 18, he is the fountain from which all are to be continuously feel, filled. And in chapter 6, verses 17 and 18, he is the giver of the word as a sword for battle and the heavenly assistant given to aid us in prayer and intercession until victory is won. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
Now we're going to look just at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, just Paul's greeting to the church. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Awesome. All right. Well, I said it was going to be relatively short and sweet, and that's how I'm going to keep it. So that is our introduction to Ephesians. I'm really excited after actually looking into and reading that introduction. As I do this Bible study, it's such an amazing blessing to truly learn as I teach. It's quite an amazing process I go through. But, you know, when you have a a little gift from the Lord and, you know, you're open and ready to serve, then he will bless us and put the words in our mouth and do what he has to do through us and, you know, use our gifts accordingly. So, all right, well, that concludes our look at the introduction to Ephesians. In our next study, we will really get into the first chapter of Ephesians, which I look forward to. Again, it looks like there's six chapters in this book. So, We'll just take our time and go one by one, verse by verse. So until then, God bless and have a great day.